And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll zero in on some top performers from a big night of offense. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. I have not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, July 1st, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior. I'm here with Michael Beller. And uh, Michael, a weird, wacky night of baseball. We'll get to um, not all the big offensive performances because we only have 15 minutes. So (laughs) on that note, let's get right to the news. Uh, Blake Snell placed on the IL uh, with some stomach issues, uh, and Jose Urquidy also moved to the IL. Uh, He is dealing with some shoulder discomfort. Uh, Luis Patino is expected to start for the Rays this Friday against the Blue Jays. Uh, He's really he's having a nice year that I feel like maybe isn't getting quite enough attention. Maybe that will change now. His uh, strikeout rate's been above 30% both at the major league and at the AAA level so far this year. But, you know, also with an organization that, you know, does some unconventional things with pitcher roles and such. So when you put that all together, where do you think we should be looking or what what do you think we should be expecting from Patino from here on out? I like the first question you were going to ask better because it's hard to know what to expect because of the Rays. I will say that regardless of what your expectations might be, I'm going after him anywhere where he's available because he could be a real big-time impact pitcher over the second half of the season in both real life and the fantasy game. So I would be chasing him. I really don't think there's any place to restrict Luis Patino attractiveness. All right. So uh, something to put on our radar and some uh, maybe appointment watching this Friday. Uh, Jose Ramirez, he fouled a ball off of his face in game one of Cleveland's doubleheader with Detroit and uh, did not play in game two of that doubleheader. So we'll track his progress. Patrick Wisdom leaving uh, the Cubs game on Wednesday due to a collision, sustained a left eye contusion and a tight neck. And some much better news for the Cubs, Nico Horner is expected to return this weekend. Juan Soto left the Nationals game against the Rays with a with hamstring cramping. So uh, that was a very, very hot game, as we saw a, a lot of that the last uh, couple of days in the Major League schedule. Trey Turner, speaking of hot, by the way, hit for the third cycle of his career already. And his career is just not that old. Uh, so big, big game for Trey Turner. Also jammed his middle finger in that game and is considered day-to-day. Uh, David Peterson against the Braves. He felt a sharp pain in his side, uh, exited in the fourth inning. Uh, Should he be okay, he would line up for a couple of home starts next week against the Brewers and the Pirates. Uh, I know you've not been uh, the highest on David Peterson. I think maybe this start we maybe chalk up to to something being amiss there physically. Uh, But do you have any interest in the best case scenario for his double dip next week? 
Yeah, that's a, that's not a bad double dip. You've got a, a neutral matchup against Milwaukee, although they've been hitting the ball pretty well uh, this week against the Cubs. And then you've got a great matchup against Pittsburgh. So I could definitely see getting in on him for that two-start week should he be healthy. Okay, well, on the Friday show, I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about uh, two-star pitchers because there's actually a really, really interesting selection uh, on waivers this week. So more on that to come. Uh, Chris Sale, this is actually a little exciting. Uh, through some live batting practice on Wednesday, uh, all reports were were very, very positive on that. And if all goes well, we could see him pitching in the Red Sox rotation this August. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I, I, I think we're probably a little early on that, to be honest. Um, because who knows if that's going to happen and what he's going to be when he comes back. But uh, just from a pure baseball standpoint, I'm definitely rooting for him to get back. would be very fun to see him back in a mound this season. Especially if the Red Sox remain as competitive as they've been, as they've been to this point of the year. Uh, yeah, no, that would be awesome to see. Uh, in other news, Josh Naylor is scheduled to have leg surgery this Friday. And in some trade news or trade rumoring, perhaps, uh, Richard Rodriguez is drawing some interest from the Blue Jays. So, I mean, it seems like pretty much a foregone conclusion that he's going to go to some other team. The Pirates are one of those teams where uh, you might not feel compelled to chase saves because there just might not be a lot to be had. But they've actually got a pretty good and fairly deep bullpen. Is there anybody remaining in that bullpen once Rodriguez leaves that you think we should be targeting or at least you know putting on a radar right now? I think the two guys who are on the radar most firmly for this job would be Kyle Crick and David Bednar. I would lean toward Crick just because of the way the usage has been. You've seen Crick more as the immediate setup man to Richard Rodriguez than Bednar, so I guess I would lean in his direction. Bednar's been a little bit better, a little bit more of a closer profile in terms of bats missed and strikeouts, so there's an argument for either one, but all we can really use is the usage to this point of the season, and that has me leaning ever so slightly in Crick's direction. And this does feel like the time to start speculating on this one because Richard Rodriguez is not going to be a pirate in August, and I would not be surprised if that trade happened sooner. All right, so uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's see what happened on Wednesday night. A lot of blowouts, <laughs> some football scores uh, as you look at your your uh, box scores this morning. And uh, one of those high-scoring games is not one we necessarily would have expected with Shohei Otani pitching, but didn't make it out of the first three. Only 41 pitches, got two outs, gave up seven runs on a couple of hits and four walks. The four walks there obviously being the telling indicator for Shohei Otani. So, is this just, uh, you know, one of those things that happens to pretty much every pitcher? Any cause for concern yet? No, no cause for concern. Every pitcher is going to get blown up every every now and again, especially one who is pulling as much weight as Shohei Otani is. So just chalk it up to a bad start. All right. Well, uh, and, you know, obviously a high profile place to be uh, blowing up there at Yankee Stadium. Uh, John Gray, you know, we've been talking about him. It seems like pretty much all season and just the crazy uh, unexpected road uh, away splits for him. And uh, that pattern was just reinforced on Wednesday uh, against the Pirates going six innings, just giving up two runs with five strikeouts. He uh, also walked four batters, but obviously over a much longer uh, stretch than Shoei Otani. But uh, John Gray continuing to get it done at Coors Field. Yeah, and the, the, we have too many sample, we have too many data points in this to say that this is, you know, just a fluky thing. I think we can start to to trust him if something we've seen in his career before this year as well. So, 
you know, I mean, Jean Grey never going to punch through the way that we all thought he was going to, but this uh, this does feel like someone who should be considered a relatively safe guy to look at when you're setting your lineups. All right. Well, let's uh, turn our attention to the hitting. Uh, might have actually been an appropriate place to start, given all the offense on Wednesday night. Uh, Braves uh, putting up a 20 spot, uh, but uh, lots of players we could talk about there. But I think Ozzy Albee is clearly the standout among standouts in that Braves lineup. A couple of home runs, his 14th and 15th of the season, five hits in total for Albies, and his 11th stolen base. So those five hits bring his batting average now up to 265, which looks sort of in line with what we've seen from Ozzy Albies. But when you consider that he is on the road to really obliterating his previous uh, best home run paces. Uh, he's on on the way to obliterating his typical stolen base pace. Uh, this looks like a breakout season to me anyway. Uh, and I have to wonder if uh, a lower than normal batting average on balls in play, he's hitting 279 uh, in those situations. Um, if maybe that's causing us to not make as big of a deal of this as maybe it deserves. Yeah, you might be onto something there. His X stats also have been really strong all year. Uh, so he was someone who, even though the the season started slow, at least in terms of batting average and OBP and those things, you could see that there was going to be a turnaround coming, and we're seeing we're really in the midst of that turnaround. And I do think that we look back on this year as. Ozzie Albee's finding another level. He's always been a great player since he's been in the majors, but I think this is the year that we mark him as finding another gear in his game. Yeah, and it's certainly looking that way in the first half. And yeah, pretty soon we could talk about being in the second half, uh, <laughs> which is kind of nice. So that was one of many two homer performances on Wednesday. We there were so many. We're not even going to talk about all of them, but we'll talk about the ones that uh, you know maybe. Uh, are attached to the players that uh, are, are the most interesting to talk about right now. And Luis Arias is somebody that we have been talking about. Uh, he's been not necessarily super consistent, but uh, the playing time has been consistent and the overall numbers are there. Hit his ninth and 10th home runs against the Cubs, part of a four hit game uh, for Arias. Uh, Bobby Bradley with a couple more homers. He's up to eight now, which is pretty impressive considering he's not really been up for all that long. So a couple homers against the Tigers and Trent Grisham with a, a good all-around game and in a game that only went five innings because of rain. So his ninth and 10th homers of the season. So uh, Arias, Bradley, Grisham, I understand Grisham's pretty much, you know, owned everywhere, but uh, rostered everywhere. But um, does this uh, pique your interest any more than it has in, in Arias or Bradley? Yeah, I, I really think both of these guys deserve to be rostered in 14-team leagues. There's got to be someone in a, or a 15 or 14-team league that uh, can find a good use for Urias and uh, Bradley. Let's just look at Urias for a second. He bottomed out uh, at the end of May, hitting 203, 304, 362. Since then, he's hitting 303, 382, 523. And that's in about a month's worth of games. And I think we should take that at face value. I mean, he's not going to be necessarily that hitter for the rest of the season, but he's a good hitter. He plays every day. He's got some pop. The 10 homers show you that. And this Brewers offense does seem to be coming around, but there was always more talent in this Brewers offense than what they played like over the first couple of months of the season. And we're starting to see that shine through. They've got a six game lead now in the NL central after sweeping the Cubs this week. This is really looking like, you know, not only a, a team that's got great pitching, which we've known from the start of the season, but a team that you're going to have to really be uh, scared of when they come to the plate against you. And Arias is part of that and Bobby Bradley man that power's for real we've seen some of those prodigious homers he's hitting like that power I think we can take at face value as well so I think both these guys uh, deserve to be rostered in 14 15 team mixers 
All right, let's take a look at one more player from uh, that Padres-Reds game. Will Myers, you know, it's, I'll admit, stretching it a bit, including him as a stand-up, but he did homer in this game. Homering only once isn't really a stand-up performance on the schedule, but it's his ninth homer of the season. Uh, batting just two fifty-two with five stolen bases. So, I mean, I guess the thing that really is standing out for him in a negative way is the home run total, just nine, nine so far. Yeah. He's, you know, we're at that stage now, halfway through the season, where somebody like Myers, who's, you know, not an early rounder, but somebody you expected a lot more from, kind of hard to know what to do at this point. I mean, is is it time to maybe uh, let him go in 12-teamers? Should we have more patience? I don't think in 12-teamers there's any reason to have more patience with him. Just He just hasn't lived up to it. He just hasn't done it, and this is something we've, these disappearing acts we've seen from Will Myers previously in his career. So I think 12-teamers, he's a relatively easy cut. 14 and 15-teamers, it's going to be a, a case-by-case basis, depending on what your team is. I would think that most teams wouldn't be able to cut him in leagues that are that deep, but I wouldn't say that he's someone who you absolutely have to protect no matter what. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. Well, uh, let's take a look ahead to the Thursday schedule. Not really a lot of very attractive streaming options, but uh, in fact, I'd say the two best ones are facing off against each other, and that's Johnny Cueto and Merrill Kelly in the Giants-Diamondbacks game. Uh, Also, we've got Griffin Canning starting at the Yankees, which I know normally is a a scary matchup, but uh, Yankees, uh, by and large, have been struggling of late. And Ryan Weathers is back in the Padres rotation. He gets a start at the Reds. So Cueto, Kelly, Canning, Weathers, anybody you feel good about for this Thursday slate? There's really no one who I want to beat the drum for. If you want to stream someone today, you can find, you can like talk yourself into almost any of these guys, but there's no one who I want to sit here on this show and say, go stream him. It's just, it's really not a great day to stream pitchers. All right. Well, uh, let me just push a little harder on one of these uh, pitchers because Johnny Cueto, he gets the Diamondbacks and it seems like they're as good of a matchup as there is right now. Uh, is, is that really enough maybe to have at least some enthusiasm for Cueto or or not really. Yeah, sure. Like I said, I think there's reason to, you can talk yourself into any of these four guys if you want to. It's just not really the stream menu that I'm looking to order from. (laughs) All right. Let's uh, go to a different menu then. Let's take a look at uh, the players on the stock watch list. Couple players up, couple players down. Christian Walker, Definitely on a heater right now. He's got a seven-game hit streak, and across those seven games, uh, 11 for 27 for a 407 average, couple of homers, only three strikeouts. So you love to see that, backing up the high batting average with very few strikeouts. Uh, and Wade Miley, I included him, even though I, I know that uh, you know he's really gained a lot of popularity this season, been you know very solid since the no-hitter. But right after the no-hitter, there was a, a really poor start. And then since then, he's really been, I think, still much better than maybe he's getting credit for. 35 strikeouts and 38 innings, a 2.61 ERA, only four barrels in 110 batted balls. That's really, that's that's a good sample and really a phenomenal ratio. So Walker and Miley uh, do either deserve more attention than they're, get, they're getting currently. Um, you know, I, I just think Miley's a solid, steady guy. He just, he just really is. And so he is someone who you, you like as just a staff filler on a fantasy team. It's solid, it's steady, 
Reds have a very good offense hitting behind him. Like, there's a lot of things to like about Wade Miley. An easy guy to add if he's available somehow in your league. All right, a couple players down. Brandon Crawford's been hot all season, but uh, hitting the skids lately. Three mm-hmm. for 22. Uh, three out of his last 22 with just one home run. Hunjin Ryu, the, the strikeouts are just gone for him. 10.9% strikeout rate in the month of June. Really, all the ratios are looking kind of bad for him. So time to give uh, either or both of these players a breather the com- this coming week. Yeah, Hunjin Ryu scares me. That that strikeout number really jumps out in a very bad way. So he's someone who I'm worried about, not just for the short term, but potentially for the long term. If those strikeouts don't come back, a significant part of his fantasy value is essentially gone. All right. So a couple of, uh, or actually four players to think about with the uh, weekend coming up here. So uh, that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you do have a moment to rate and review the podcast, we really greatly appreciate that. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.